Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 30-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line investment survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, we look at the November 18th, 2011 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, small and mid-cap edition. And before we get to that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show's for entertainment purposes only. That's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, this show is uh, a hobby for Mo and I. It's after work. We're not doing all the important research we do for paying clients during the week. We're just hanging out reading Value Line. Third, um, and my lawyer says I need to tell you that we may not have your best interests in mind. We may be recommending the opposite of what you should actually do, so definitely do your own work. And fourth, uh, I've been heavily drinking tonight. Um, and, Mo, you were kind of taking it easy tonight. I was, and you were back on the uh, – they knew how to make your drink tonight. They did. It was good. Yeah, I had a sea breeze. I like At least that. They, but she didn't ask you what was in it. Well, like, yeah, maybe they've had a seminar on that or something like that. Do you know, I have a question for you. Well, hold on. I've got to finish up this uh, intro the, part. Yeah. yeah. So see all our caveats, photos, bios, and indexes to five years of shows at www.thevalueguys.com. So uh, here we are, November 18th. It's actually, it actually is November 18th, although I might end up getting the show up late. I just put up the November 11th show today. I'm a little behind. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. So are uh, we, you know, uh, we were talking tonight over drinks, and I actually think, are we just going to keep the 30-year Wall Street veterans, or are we going to finally say it's 31 and a half Well, year? I update that every, you know, when I started so that, the show. Is, is the protocol every five 25 years? years. So. That's what I've tended to do. But uh, you can certainly, like, if you wanted to give you a more specific time frame, yeah. I think that'd be fine. 31 years. Is it 31. Speaking it's of coming which, around that the, time of year. And there's certainly. a good segue. Yeah, there, there was. If, if okay. HBO, <laughs> no. Wall Street. Yeah. 1981. No, really? Yeah. No. Where were you? I was in my first job, actually. Was that when that came out? I thought it was after that. I don't know. But that could be right. No, but, maybe it was 1986. 1986, yeah. That sounds about yep, right. Yep, yep. But, uh Yeah. That's it. Really was like that. I mean, if people want to go see what it was like in the '80s, I mean, we didn't have any guys that were saying greed is good in quite that quotable of a way. But great quotes. Certainly, it was. Lunch is for wimps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it may be, but there was there was. Some I've good. had a sandwich or two. Gotta say. So um, interesting show today. We have a number of stocks that are four percent yields. Yeah. So why would somebody buy a euro bond trading yielding six and a half percent when you've got sovereign risk and you've got euro and you've got euro risk? I think you know. Anytime again, who knows? I'm just an equity domestic small cap equity guy, but I think that the reason that you probably get a higher yield is you got risks that you don't understand, and also you've got currency risk. Um, and while everyone wants to say there's problems with the dollar, I notice that when there's a crisis, uh, 
yields go down even in the face of the U.S. government being downgraded, what does that tell you? It tells you that the chance that the dollar is not the reserve currency is zero, and politicians can talk all day long about the dollar not being the reserve currency, but when yields go down and uh, while you're being downgraded, that tells you something. Yes, sir? Yeah, well... I just sort of, you know, I look at I look at some of the names we've got tonight. Four percent yields, pretty attractive given the lower risk versus six percent. Yeah, on a on a euro bond. Well, let me preface uh, this week's value line. It was just loaded with banks and internet companies. So, you know, longtime listeners, we just we're going through value line. It's the small and mid cap edition, so there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. But this week was all banks, and generally from thirty thousand feet. And we reflect this in our portfolios here in the shop. There's too many banks. And the reason I know that is that hardly any of them are making any money right now. And maybe there's just too many banks for this slow growth period. But if it's last five years, I'll tell you the summary on that. It's there's too many banks. And so um, in general, I think it's hard to find, you know, a, a bank that uh, I like um, in general, although it is a great place for picking out yield, there will be banks that survive. You know, here in the shop, we're about half-weighted to the index, but the banks we do buy have winded their bank, winded their back with regard to the demographics of the you know the area they're in. It's got a growing economy, low-cost labor, good tax environment. We we buy banks in places that are apt to gain share of GDP, and that within those regions are apt to be gaining share from other banks, either customers themselves are choosing those banks, or the FDIC comes in and says, hey, good bank, you we've got these other bad banks over here, we need you to take over their deposits and things like that. And the government is very actively moving these chess boards, chess pieces around on the bank board right now, and we own those banks that we think are in the best position from a profitability point of view to take advantage of that. But it's a it's not a great area, but that's what Value Line has dealt us. And we, and we have none of that information for no the four candidates. Well, you tonight. don't always. I mean, th that information is available, you know, just simply by studying the demographics. You know, the uh, the Census Bureau has all kinds of data about income in different regions. It's all free. It's on the internet. So now a couple uh, a couple of our but we haven't done any of that work here, obviously. Now sure. a couple of the guys that re that are in this group. Um, tell you where they operate, but a couple don't. I suppose you can get those in the K's and the Q's. Well, even Google Earth these days, you type in the name of a business, it takes you to it. It's unbelievable versus years ago. Um, but we've got, uh, we've got four names uh, out of this week's value line. They're all banks. Uh, but before we get into that, I just maybe we want to say a quick word about uh, the deoccupification of Wall Street. You saw them yesterday. Well, uh, you know, they're, they're not entirely gone, but certainly the pizza guy that I liked is gone. Oh. So they were, uh, they were sitting on the bridge yesterday? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't see yesterday. I mean, they're still, they're still in the park, but they just have uh, curfews now. But, well, yeah, guys sitting on bridges, I'm sure they were. I mean, they're all scattered about now, but um, I, don't know, I don't know if I miss it or not, you know. I don't know. I'd say probably not, just yeah. to comment on that. Well, hi, guys out there, you know, and we uh, we 
we were over there a couple of days ago pitching you guys on the, uh, you know, on doing your IPO and doing some cash management for you. So all you uh, all you guys out there, a shout out to the Occupy Wall Street guys that we've been meeting with. You still have your franchise thing yeah, going, or I, I do. Some of those other cities, the periphery. I mean, they got to be kind of fallen in price now. A little bit, a little bit. But you know what? We're long-term players. This is yeah. a revolution. This yeah. isn't like an investment. Yeah, you know? this right. Is Just a, a regroup time. That's yeah. all. Okay. Well, tenure, good luck. Ten-year plan. Good luck, everyone. And the pizza guy, uh, and you know who you are. Come back. You got customers over here. So, uh, did you know that uh, this week is it, no. is it first for these? For the, our names, we have two number ones. Value line rated really? number one. Yeah. I don't tend to, I mean, value line and I don't, don't often agree. Well, I normally just look at them and I thought this is the first time we've ever had two yeah. number one, and we have one number two. Wow. Well, should we just get into it? I mean, I I got to get home. I'm, I'm kind of late. Yep. And, uh, Let's go. We got four ideas. They're in alphabetical order, not page number order, because uh, I'm doing everything online now. First up, Aero Financial, ticker A-R-O-W. Um, and uh, what do they do? They're a bank. So um, the first thing I'm attracted to is simply the yield. Honestly, that's the only reason, in my opinion, to own a bank, because the industry is shrinking as a percentage of GDP. So, uh, you know, 4.1%, as Mo was stating. That's a pretty good number. And I look first to see, is it sustainable? So that dividend that's earning me the 4.1 is $0.95. Cents. Their estimate for the year is a buck eighty-eight. The worst year they ever had in the last 10 was a buck forty back in 06. They got through this difficult period for the banking industry with no problem. In fact, Value Line reports a loan loss provision number, and these guys skated right through this whole crisis with no problem. In fact, when I take their loan loss provision and divide it by their total loans, just doing the eyeball and math, it's less than 1%. So, uh, you know, how in the world do they do that? I mean, all I can assume is that either they haven't taken the write-offs that are apt to be coming in the future, uh, but I think regulators are all over these people, and banks know when their loans go bad and they're required to take the write-offs, so that probably isn't the case. Um, but they must just have very careful uh, underwriting. Um, their return on equity has run in the mid-teens. It's very stable. Their equity to assets is 8%. That's a little bit on the low end of, uh, you know, what I'd like. That means they have $8 in equity in ownership money for every $100 in firm uh, assets. So... You know, that might, that could be higher. But one thing I do see here is they have a period of loan growth that's, uh, you know, not super high, but it's consistent, again, all through this period. So, uh, you know, I, I think the thing I see here in the little description that Valuelon gives that's a clue to how they're managing to do this is simply that the company holds, it says, an insurance agency specializing in selling Group Health and Life. Its investment portfolio includes treasuries, agency obligations, and things like that. So it could be that there's a nice little life insurance buried in here. They must not have owned all the mortgage-backed securities that uh, were forced to be written down during the crisis because I don't see any big write-downs on here. They must own 
they must have, you know, again, I don't know. It looks to me like they avoided owning those uh, those really terrible mortgage-backed securities, although it says here they did own them, so I could have read that. But it's the last thing in a long list, and these are in order of importance, so it could be that they just didn't own a lot of that. But it's certainly worth doing some work. But those are all good stats, and uh, they're going to earn a buck seventy-eight. It says next year the stock's at 23, so to boot, it's 12 times earnings. It might just go up by itself on a price-to-book basis, which is the typical way to... Um, you know, value a bank, particularly when the book value is trying to be the liquid uh, value, the liquidation value. The book value here is 13, so it's 23. Uh, it's a premium to book, in part because it looks like such a well-run bank. But you got to really check that out. But that's my story on Arrow, Mo. 4.1% yield looks sustainable. Pretty decent little bank. They're based in uh, Glen Falls. So, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, let's face it, that's not a terrible area, so maybe the, you know, the default rates are just very low and everyone there is uh, is fine. That's That's got to be the answer. Well, Val? Yeah. In the words of the infamous Gordon Gecko, this is just another dog with fleas. Dog with fleas. I think so. Okay. Well... Here's what well, I Gordon, I mean, he's probably not interested in yield. That's, that's the thing. You that's know? true. That's very true. Very true. Here's what I did, and I thought it was interesting, and I think I'm going to do it for the next bunch of shows. Uh-oh. Go ahead. The five names that we choose when we're screening them, I print out the chart for all five. Usually they're similarities because they, they move as a group, and when one company doesn't, it raises a lot of questions. So I... Printed out one-year charts for all the companies. Here's the here's a story on Arrow. Arrow's twenty-three bucks. It was twenty-three bucks last January. It's been totally flat over a period that almost every other stock in its group has had some big jump. Yeah. Uh, our our candidate B, which we can't name yet, is going from uh, twenty-six to thirty-four. Everyone else has had this big jump. So, looking purely at the charts, I think the patient is, is ill. Uh, you know, I don't look at charts. I think the past is the past. There's certainly information in the chart that's worth knowing, and what I'm seeing is very stable during a period where most banks had a lot of volatility, and that probably speaks, again, you do this work, you'd call them up to the quality of the loans, um, and maybe they kept themselves out of some very bad markets, you know, in terms of geography, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, I mean, it says, who knows, you know, maybe they didn't do any construction lending. It does say that they um, they did do residential mortgages, but they, and they did a few commercial um, properties, but it doesn't say, I don't, I don't say that they loan money to construction guys. Maybe that kept them out of trouble. I don't, you've got to figure that out, but it looks like it's pretty well run. I'm not sure why. Well, you did something. Well, I did something earlier, and you surprised me with uh, showing me a better way to do it on the computer. I thought, okay, well, let's let's look at all these guys and see what their loan loss ratios are. So you just construct a little grid and say, yeah, they all get about five percent interest on their loans, outstanding. But the one thing that uh, struck me with Arrow has the lowest loan loss rate loss ratio, and I was yeah. calculating all this by hand. And you just showed me you can do it on the 
Well, we don't, you know, we don't typically historically have access to this stuff, but we're in my office and uh, it's comfortable here, don't you think? Right. We got. But you a, can do this on the Value lamp. Line website. Uh, well, I don't know if you can do. This is not the Value Line. Uh, I'm actually. I'll throw out a brand here. We've got Bloomberg, and we've got Fact Set here, and of course I can pull all kinds of stuff up here. Um, but you know, I found that for uh, for for most purposes, you know, Value Line, which is, uh, you know, good resource, but Yahoo Finance, which is free, or Morningstar, which is 100 bucks a year, they have a lot of great data in terms of just being able to chart companies and stuff. You don't have to spend a lot of money uh, to get good stuff. I mean, mainly the reason I get this is so at meetings I can say, oh, yeah, we have facts that, you know, but you can, you can do all this on uh, Yahoo Finance or Morningstar and things like that. Well, you know, when I first looked at these five companies and I look I don't even understand what most of these ratios are the non-interest expense um, the uh, the well, that's uh, people and infrastructure and buildings and okay net yeah. interest net interest income net interest expense it's there's a whole series of ratios yeah. associated with banks that I kind of think hmm yeah they have their own language that's why I come back to you know if I if I see a stock that's not reacting when every other stock is reacting the first yeah. thing I want to know is what happened this summer that made all of these stocks go up so fast when all the majors, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, everyone, was getting clobbered? Well, these guys, most banks, you know, they've been reacting uh, on a daily basis to events in Europe and Greece and now Italy. And, and these so, guys have uh, no exposure. Well, I mean, that's the takeaway from the chart. Yeah. If you want to say, why weren't these guys volatile? And there definitely, there's information content in... In charts, I don't know that it tells you where the stock's going, but it certainly tells you where it's been. And you know, when you see a stock jump up or down, you definitely want to go and find out the news associated with that. And there's ways to do that, et cetera. But uh, this has uh, no reaction to that period, so I'm going to guess that um, you know, for whatever reason, they have a book of business that's very solid. It's not particularly dependent on the economy, and you know, maybe Glen Falls is all you need to know. Let me, look, let me see. Pull up Zillow here. Go ahead. I, you know, I, it may take a minute. You're going to Google Earth? Well, let's just see if we can get some home values. You know? Let's see. Here we go. What Wait we a minute. We're not, we're not supposed to be doing research. What? We're This is supposed to be pure speculation. I don't know where I am here. Well, it looks like you're in a that, forest. That's that's somebody's house. That's No. Look at that. What the hell? Uh, I better Maybe I better put in the zip code. I don't know that I'm in the right spot there. Glens Falls. Yeah. I thought I knew where that was, but maybe I don't. Right, let's go there. Okay. Well, there's a Greenville. Here if we it's go. In, oh. All right. What the hell? That is a long way away. Okay, so they're up here. I don't know, I've never... This is some big river up here. i got to get out a little more. I don't know what that is. It's the Mississippi. No, that's got to be uh, the Hudson. Look at that. It goes a long way. Who knew? You know, wow. So those are some nice-looking... Uh, Homesteads? I don't know. Anyway, you got to do your own work here. We're not going to figure this out right now. 
but something going on here at Arrow that looks pretty good. And that's what just, here's all I want to say about it. 4% yield. That's it. I don't know if the stock's going to go up. It doesn't need to to make me happy because all I expect is a 4% yield. I'm going to get my, my big returns other places. This becomes ballast to a portfolio, cash substitute. The stock is rock stable, 4% yield. Maybe it's just trading on the yield. That's all. Who knows? Anyway. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, another bank. Uh, City Holdings, ticker CHCO. And this one is from Cross Lanes, West Virginia. I mean, the most important thing about a bank is where is it, in my opinion. Uh, Cross Lanes, West Virginia. Okay. What am I attracted to? Yield. 4.1%. They're paying a buck 36. They're earning 247 in earnings as estimated for uh, I'm sorry, that's last year. 263 estimated for this year. There's not an earnings number on the page that's below the current dividend, and there's not a dividend cut on the page. So, uh, you know, chances are it's pretty stable. Shares outstanding stable. These guys aren't doing anything silly. Return on equity, it's in the, you know, teens pretty consistently. The low was uh, 10% in 08. Unlike a lot of big banks that had giant write-offs, these guys did not lose any money. They didn't come anywhere close to losing money. Uh, their loan loss provision last couple years reads five, ten, seven, seven on total loans of a billion eight, a billion eight, a billion seven. So again, it's less than one percent loan loss reserve, loan loss reserve to loans, and those numbers you can't hide from that too long. If you're having losses, you got to write up your reserves, and regulators make you do it, so they're not doing it, so they must be okay. Loans have been ticking up just a little bit, so again, whatever they're doing, they're they're growing in a weak economy. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. And then their equity to assets, their leverage ratio, twelve uh, percent is the number they're posting here in Value Line for last year, and that's pretty good. That means one over eight, and that's at the uh, better end of the scale for banks. Um, it probably means they grow a little slower because you're not leveraging up to have more assets to loan out, but, um, you know, you're safer. And uh, maybe you're a little more careful about who you lend to. And with these low loan loss reserves, again, clearly the underwriting, which is the process of figuring out which people to loan money to and which not so that you don't lose uh, principal, that's called underwriting. And they must be very good at it because uh, they've got a consistent record and, and not a lot of losses. So, um, again, thesis, 4.1% yield, sustainable. And uh, and thesis, local, no no exposure overseas. Um, let me look them up here. Cross Lanes, West Virginia. So exciting. Google Earth. You know, and uh, again, when you, when you print out all the charts over a one-year period for an entire industry... You yeah. often see these stories, and like I've said earlier, where Arrow has been flat for the last six months, City's been the same as most of the other companies in this group. It's the stock prices jumped from twenty-four, like in August, to thirty-six now. So somebody loves something about this group. That would trigger a question in my mind: Is the game over, or are we just getting warmed up? Because 
if we are, and you can expect some nice appreciation on a 4.1% you know, yield, um, sign me up. But I'd really want to know what, what's been triggering that big move. Yeah. So you're zeroing in on town? Well, I'm just coming in here. It says they're in uh, Cross Lanes, West Virginia, so I'm just... Uh, you do this a lot. You Googled my house. Well, you want to know, you want to know stuff. You know, in Google Earth, uh, there was this old story years ago. I don't even remember this. There was this company called ZZZZ Best, and they uh, they fooled everyone on Wall Street into thinking they were a multiple hundred store chain of vacuum cleaner sales, and people bought it. You know, and there wasn't really any way to find out. I mean. Uh, you know, you'd have to go to the library, you'd look in yellow pages from all the cities and everything like that. But um, with Google Earth, you'd never be fooled. We go in here and we check. If a bank says they have a branch somewhere, a company says they have a warehouse, yeah. I measure it. Okay. You can measure things. Productivity per square foot. How big is your store? I can measure it. What's your sales in that store? They tell you, you measure it per foot. You know, it's it's a powerful tool. You can go into a city and type in restaurants and see how many there are and then figure out the, the share of your guy. What yeah. the competitive landscape it's is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm just p using the free version. They've got, uh, you know, corporate versions here for not a lot. I mean, I, I maybe should buy it. It's three or 400 bucks a year, and they give you access to a lot of slices of demographic data. But the point is, here's Cross Lanes, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, it's a river, just like Arrow was on a river. Maybe there's a theme here. Banks on rivers. Banks on rivers. Well, there's I a... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good theme. I don't uh, know. I, I, I like it. It, it. To me, it's been a flat dividend for three years, but kind of who cares? Um, clearly, people love what's happened to this stock, even if the game is over. Something happened in August, I think he said that. Yeah. Um, so even if... Uh, yeah, you know, even if the game is over and the stock stabilizes here, you still get the yield. So you get yeah. your yield. I like All it. All right, what have you? Okay, next up. Uh, this show's really cruising by, Mo. A lot of fun. Oh, oh isn't it? No, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. All right, Merchants Bank shares. Ticker MBVT. And you know, I get the MB. I don't understand the VT, but what have you. This is not a ticker analysis show. Uh, what am I attracted to? Yield. 3.7%. The dividend is a buck twelve. Earnings estimate two thirty-two. Actually, the dividend is uh, has been raised, so the quarterly rate now is fifty-eight. Nope, sorry, earnings. Nope, not dividend not raised. It's been a buck twelve for four years. Never mind. But a buck twelve, earnings two thirty-two. That looks sustainable. There's not an earnings number below. The lowest on the page here is a buck uh, seventy-three, and that's a bunch of years ago. Common shares stable. Um, again, like the other companies we've been talking about here, loan loss provision. What does that mean? The loan loss provision is a deficit of one point eight. Well, here the deficit probably means that they over reserved the year uh, before and captured right. some back. Yep. So the loan loss provision is simply the, uh, I believe, and again yeah. I'm no genius on banks, but I think that's the amount you have to put as a loss right. when you're estimating 
what your future losses should be. And as if you have losses, then your loan loss reserve needs to go up. It's not the actual write-off for bad loans, which would, I think, be shown as a, uh, a write-off and isn't really showing up here. In my Again, I'm an idiot on banks, but the provision is, I believe, the fund you build up to allow for the losses that roll through the income statement as an expense. But it is an indicator. And in 2010, you're right, they had a negative loan loss provision, which suggests that they had written the loan down that was able to be reversed out. Um, but when I do the math, the loan loss provision as a percent of total loans on these guys is, again, below 1%. They're, interestingly enough, they're all below 1%, but they're all over the map. Uh, you know, American was uh, 3 hundredths, Arrow was 1 one hundredth, City was 4 one hundredths, uh, the company we're going to do next is uh, nine. Well, I think you know you get a lot. You get a sense of the underwriting skill, um, or the risk aversion, or based on uh, their loan uh, loss. Oh, based on a history of, of loan loss yeah. uh, reserves and losses, and you know these companies don't have losses. That's why I get comfortable with the dividend being sustainable. And you know, honestly, I said I think there's too many banks, etc. But that's why I don't look to these for capital appreciation. I look in other areas, but you do get a yield, and it looks sustainable. Returns on equity have been pretty stable. They're in Vermont. Um, these guys are in uh, Vermont. Yeah, South Burlington, Vermont. Uh oh. Let's take let's take a look. Here comes the Google out. South Birmingham, Vermont. How exciting! Ski town. Is it? I don't yeah. ski. I've never been there. Uh, well, well, it's definitely in Vermont. Uh, Google's not finding it. Hey, it may you don't not think exist. They, you don't think it? The, yeah, we you may know, have under, we may have undercover undercovered something here. Well, Google may not uh, recognize South Birmingham. Oh, you know what? It's South Burlington. That's what happened here. You had me excited for a minute. Let's see. They don't recognize every town. There we go. Okay, so that's up, uh, oh, that's in South, uh, Lake Champlain. Yeah. Very lovely area. Yeah. So, again, maybe lovely areas like that don't have to worry about, you know, nasty things like loan losses because everyone's there, they're happy, they have uh, retirement accounts, wealthy heir, you know, family members, and they're just enjoying their lives. Who knows? But uh, the and, bank stats look pretty good. And, uh, you know, here's another stock that, just clearly participating in a rally that's that's driving them all, but the question that we don't have answered is what it is. But uh, Merchants was gone again from this summer, from 26 to 30, and it's backed off a little bit, as was City. But, I mean, remember, City went from 24 to 36. Merchants is going from 26 yeah. to Those are big Well, you know, moves. there was a big rally in the Russell 2000 value in our benchmark. Again, we're underweighted in banks, but... Um, you know, there was a period during the third quarter that it seemed as if we were going to get a double-dip recession. That was, you know, the consensus started to wobble along, maybe we will. I think we're a little past that, in part because GDP, employment, industrial production, things like that are still sort of ticking in the right direction. And then part of the fear is that Europe starts to collapse because their banks collapse, and that hurts U.S. business, et cetera. I think we might be a little past that. And that big rally... I think is the recognition that uh, that double dip wasn't going to happen because it happened in the Russell, it happened in our 
in our portfolios, and It'll and I see it there as well. So, do you have any other comments on that one, Mo? Or what are we? No. no okay. So more. So that was Merchants, three point seven in lovely South Burlington, Vermont. It, doesn't it look beautiful? It is. Very I have beautiful. to recommend going there sometime. How how long of a drive is that? Well, I guess if you're on know. the space shuttle, it looks pretty nice. You could zoom in a well, little bit. I, all see. I can see is let me, uh, green. Let me, let me do the directions from, uh, I'm going to do the south, from south Burlington, because it looks awfully nice. South Burlington, Vermont, to Wall Street, New York. Let's see what, what we get here. Uh... In upcoming shows, we'll have a video feed, so you'll be wow, able to see. Uh, you'll be able to hour, see all of That's a six-hour drive, so it probably fly then. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Last up this week, Republic Bank Corp. And it's got a hell of a long ticker, RBCAA, which uh, actually suggests that it's Class A and that there's also a Class B. Because typically when you see a ticker like that, it's this is the A and there's a B, but I don't see that there is a B. It could be that there once was a B and they retired it and they just loved being an A and they kept it. I mean, I don't know. but It happens a lot. Yeah, that's a common thing. Uh, what am I attracted to on this? Again, yield, although on this one, a little lower. It's a little lower, and I'm also attracted to the potential upside because it's 4.6 times earnings. Um, now, oftentimes, when you see something at 4.6 times earnings, it's for a reason. And I have to admit, I don't know the reason here. The stock hasn't really taken a big plunge at some point in time where everything started to look terrible. Uh, the return on equity, looking across here for 10 years, is averaging, you know, maybe 14%, just eyeballing it. Their worst year was 07 at 9%. Uh, they pay a dividend of 56 cents on an estimated earnings of 437, so they could raise the dividend. They're consciously not raising it. They're keeping, um, you know, conservative on that. Their equity to assets is 10%. They've been raising it. It stayed at 7% for a long time. But over the last couple of years, during this crisis, you know, the, uh, evidently the board felt it was important to raise the equity to assets. So I applaud that. Uh, their loans have uh, been just flat over this whole seven-year period. And, and maybe that was the right place to be during a period where, uh, you know, bad loans were rising. They didn't increase their loans. And uh, and yet they managed to maintain a pretty good return on equity. And in part, they didn't have too many losses. So just like we were looking at the others, these guys have a loan loss reserve that did spike up in 08, 09, and 2010. But even at the spike up level, it was just slightly over 1%. Um, you know, in 09, it was 1.2. And in 2010, now these aren't the actual losses. These are the loan loss reserves, which... In my uh, opinion, it tends to be higher than the actual losses because with the loss reserves, you got to keep ahead of it. So, uh, But you could do your own work on that and check it out. The share count's been absolutely stable. Uh, they have a little bit of debt here on the books, but uh, $600 million on equity of uh, you know, three seventy, I don't think is too out of whack uh, for a bank. And... Uh, 
And I think that uh, with the payout ratio, 25% of earnings, again, you got a strong yield. For some reason, this thing trades cheap. The book value is 17. The stock's 20. So it's just a teeny bit above book. And uh, and yet it's five times earnings. So uh, I just thought this was interesting. Republic Bank Corp. These guys are in Louisville, Kentucky. Again, a town on a river. Oh, there is yeah, a theme developing here. kind of here. a theme. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... Well, you, you had know, a chance to look at this one, Mom. I did. Um, and I think when a stock trades within its group at a meaningfully lower yield than its peers, it tells you that people are pricing up the stock because they like something about the company that they're willing to pay up enough for it that they'll accept a little bit lower yield. But the P.E. is lower. That's true. Isn't that interesting? That's true. Well, when I ran a couple of numbers on the company, here's what I found. I just took the loans on the, one of the one of the lines, and uh, then I took the line item called interest, and I looked at what's their implied, how much are they making on that money that's outstanding, and uh, American was five three, Arrow five four, City five one, Common Trust four six, Merchants was five five, and you get to Republic seven two. It's off the charts. That's the uh, what was that ratio, Mo? I call, was doing for, something call, else. Call it Mo's implied Mo's interest implied interest per loan outstanding. So you Mo, take the interest. Mo's implied interest per loan outstanding. So the MIPLO yes quotient. That's not a MILF either. <laughs> That's a whole different. <laughs> That's different, very yeah. different. Approach. Yeah. So um, I'm so sorry. What is that number again? It's the interest, interest income. Yes. Divided by the loans outstanding. So what? Uh, what is their implied? what kind of crazy ratio is that? Find out what their <laughs> on average earnings div- interest divided by loans. No, no. What what is the implied interest rate on the loans? I've never heard of that. Well, that's a, that's we just invented it. Ah, uh, um, actually, I think people would probably do that. But their loan loss ratio, yeah, highest in the group. Here's another number. Almost so every, they have higher. Loan rates, but also higher loss rates. Ah. they If you take their employees and divide it by the loans outstanding to see how productive <laughs> their employees are. They Checking have, up on them. They, they have almost $3 million in loans outstanding per employee, everyone else around too. So all their numbers kind of like. These guys work their ass off over there, Republic Bank Corp. And that's why, you know, the stock's gone from 16 to 20. Yeah. Participate in this great rally. The fundamentals are better than its group. My guess is that's why people are bidding it up. So if you want it to go with a Cadillac, yeah. and accept a little bit of a haircut on the dividend, that's what I'd go with. Huh. Nice. Nice analysis. The MIPLO quotient. <laughs> yes. I like that. So, uh, to be fabulous. Used in, to be used in future shows. Outstanding work. So do you want to have a favorite? I think the last couple of weeks, and Phil, I have to apologize, he forgot about the favorites. Didn't do a favorite. Uh, did you have a favorite this week? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Republic Bank Republic. Corp. I think, I think in a year from now, I'll at least know that I slept well for a whole year. A lot of these other ones have been on a real tear, um, at least from a chart perspective. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stick with this. It just looks a little safer. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to divert from that view. I'm going to go with Aero Financial, uh, partly because on Google Earth, Glen Falls, New York, looks like a lovely town, and uh, uh, and, and so and you get the four point one percent yield, which I like. So A R O W, 
And that's all we have this week. I guess thanks for listening in, everybody. Uh, Mo, again, thanks for for your time. I know you're busy. Uh, what, what's uh, been fun? What's Mrs. Mo? Uh, where she 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 okay with with uh, your time here on the show and all that? She's a she's a big fan. Hi, honey. Good to. Um, I'll be home soon if yeah, uh, we I'm get out. Already late. I wouldn't. Don't make that call. I'm <laughs> I'm stuck in a cab. That's what I always say. Um, so you have some plans for this evening? Or? It's a uh, Friday. It is Friday, November eighteenth, yep. and it's uh, oh, it, it. We better get going. We gotta uh, eat. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. See all of our uh, caveats, past shows, all kinds of stuff. www.thevalueguys.com. So long, everybody. Have a good weekend.